Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of September 23. In the news. After days of relative calm, Azerbaijani forces have started violating the ceasefire on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. Armenia's Prime Minister delivers a speech at the 77th session of the United Nations General Assembly. And Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, leads a congressional delegation to Armenia. After days of relative stability on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border following the ceasefire of September 14, Azerbaijani forces began violating the ceasefire on some sections of the border. Today, Aram Torosian, the Speaker of Armenia's Defense Ministry, reported that at 7.40 a.m., Azerbaijani armed forces violated the ceasefire regime targeting Armenian military positions on the eastern part of the border using different caliber firearms. The fire stopped after the retaliation of the Armenian armed forces the Armenian side has no casualties. Today, as well as yesterday, Armenia's defense ministry denied accusations by Azerbaijan that uh, Armenian forces had opened fire in the direction of Azerbaijan's military positions. Azerbaijan also violated the ceasefire regime on the nights of September 20 and 21. On September 20, Adam Torosian reported that Azerbaijani forces periodically violated the ceasefire on the eastern part of the border until about 10.30 p.m. Khachik Bagdasarian, the mayor of Sunik's Nerkin Hand village, had confirmed that Azerbaijani uh, military had been firing in the direction of the village and that fire lasted for several minutes. The following day, Azerbaijani armed forces again opened fire in the direction of the eastern border of Armenia this time, using different caliber firearms and mortars at approximately 8 p.m. The Azerbaijani fire uh, stopped after Armenian forces retaliated. The Armenian side reported one wounded whose health is, uh, who, who is safe and is recovering. Well, on September 19, six days after Azerbaijan's uh, attack uh, against Armenia, Armenia's Security Council announced that 207 servicemen are considered dead or missing. 293 uh, servicemen uh, and three civilians were wounded. 20 uh, soldiers have been captured. Uh, therefore, there are POWs now uh, in Azerbaijan. And there have been three civilian deaths. The location of two civilians is considered unknown. Today, the civilian death toll stands at four. One of those uh, wounded civilians who was in critical condition died yesterday. The Security Council also announced that there is evidence of cases of torture, mutilation, and illegal killing of captured and illegal killing of Armenian servicemen by Azerbaijanis. According to the Security Council, the armed forces of Azerbaijan targeted 36 settlements, including Gori, Sisian, Rapan, Jermuk, Vartanis, Deh, uh, Geramasar communities, as a result of which 192 houses, three hotels, two schools, one medical facility, one banquet hall were partially or completely destroyed. Destroyed. Four barns, seven electrical infrastructures, five water infrastructures, three gas pipelines, one bridge, two highways, and one street were damaged. Two ambulances, four private cars were targeted. On September 17, Azerbaijan handed the bodies of 32 Armenian servicemen over to Armenia. Three days later, on September 20, the bodies of another 95 Armenian servicemen were handed uh, over. According to Armenia's defense ministry, the bodies transferred by Azerbaijan are among the 207 uh, dead 
and missing soldiers that they had announced uh, earlier. So far, Baku has reported 79 killed and 282 wounded soldiers. Yesterday, Aram Torosian, the Speaker of the Defense Ministry, reported that two Armenian servicemen who had been surrounded by Azerbaijani forces for nine days uh, were rescued. Uh, they said that they were brought out. So the terminology there was quite confusing. So the, obviously they are free in freedom now. On September 19, Jean Andreasian, Armenia's deputy education minister, announced that the right to education was violated for 25,000 children from the regions of Gerard Kunik, Vayotzor, and Sunik as a result of the Azerbaijani aggression. She also announced that in schools where there are no security issues, classes will be held offline. In schools where security concerns persist, classes will be held online. Following uh, Azerbaijan's attack, more than 7,600 people, mostly women and elderly, uh, among them 1,437 children and 99 persons with disabilities have been displaced from those three regions that you just mentioned, Rubina, Kerarkunik, Vayotstor, and Sunik. And this week, uh, Garen Sarkisian, the governor of Armenia's Gerard Kunik region, uh, received Leah Peters, acting UN resident coordinator in Armenia, and her delegation. Uh, they were briefed about the situation in the region. Uh, Sarkisian stated that the projects to be implemented by the UN to address the needs of the population affected by the hostilities will have the full support of the authorities of Gerard Kunik. Lila Peters stated that after the meeting, the UN delegation would be traveling to Vartenis to get to know the situation on the ground and assess the needs of the population uh, and to develop and implement a plan of action. Amid the tense situation on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border, a CSTO delegation headed by Stanislav Zaz, the Secretary General of the CSTO, arrived in Armenia on September 20. The delegation is expected to stay in Armenia until September 25, and this is different from the fact-fighting mission from CSTO. It had come mm -hmm. earlier. According to a press release issued by the CSTO, the delegation will assess the situation, prepare a report for the leaders of the alliance's member states about the situation in the region, and will also develop proposals aimed at de-escalating the tension on certain parts of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. The delegation will also conduct fact-finding uh, activities on the border regions and meet with Armenia's political and military authorities. And we never found out what those proposals no. are because, uh, well. On September 21, Armen Grikoyan, the Secretary of Armenia Security Council, received the CSTO Secretary General. They discussed the situation created as a result of the large-scale Azerbaijani aggression against the sovereign territory of the Republic of Armenia. And we cannot stress this enough. Yeah, I, I feel it. like I want to take it out because it's repetition, but then you no, realize that, no, you have yeah. to repeat. Well, Krikorian reaffirmed Armenia's position that Azerbaijani troops must withdraw from the occupied territories of Armenia and that it would protect its territorial integrity, independence, and sovereignty by all available means. Um, and, and I think, Rubina, it's worth mentioning that at certain points, Azerbaijani military have infiltrated into Armenia up to 10 kilometers deep into Armenian uh, sovereign territory along an eight and a half kilometer stretch of the border. Grigorian also presented the public sentiments prevailing in Armenia regarding the Collective Security Treaty Organization. Well, which are that probably Armenia should leave CSTO, and CSTO has not justified itself in regards to what's happening now and priorly in different situations. Well, yesterday, Azaz met with uh, Edward Asarian, who is the chief of the general staff of the Armenian Armed Forces. This was 
Gaza and Yerevan. Armenia's Defense Ministry reported that Asaryan and Zaz discussed the situation on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border as well as the results of the work carried out by the fact-finding group. Uh, this is the CSTO mission. According to the uh, press service of CSTO, the situation on certain border regions in Armenia was discussed uh, in detail. Further possible measures by the organization were also touched upon. Yesterday, Zaz uh, visited the border regions in Armenia's Vyatstor. Uh, he met with the commanders of Armenian troops positioned on the border, local civilian authorities. He studied the areas that were shelled by Azerbaijani armed forces and spoke with soldiers who participated in military operations. And I w- as I was saying before, uh, there is a growing discontent in Armenia towards the CSTO. There are even calls to the Armenian authorities to leave the Russian-led security block on September 20 during the ceremony of the presentation of credentials by foreign diplomats in Moscow. Russia's President Vladimir Putin referred to the situation on the Armenia-Azerbaijani border, stating that the CSTO is taking measures to de-escalate the situation. He also noted that the key to solving the issues of disputed territories between Armenia and Azerbaijan is expert work with the support of Russia within the framework of the Armenia-Azerbaijan Joint Border Commission. And just interestingly, he said this on on the heels of Nancy Pelosi's, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit, which we'll talk about in the next segment. So it's important to put this into into its context. And the vocabulary that grabbed a lot of people's attention is the disputed territories between mm-hmm. Armenia and Azerbaijan. Well, Edward Agajanyan, uh, the chairman of the Parliamentary Standing Commission on Foreign Relations, told Azadutun that at the moment the authorities in Armenia are, however, not discussing the possibilities of leaving CSTO. Such a move would be counter-effective now, he said, considering the security threats. And coming back to what I just said, on September 17, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, arrived in Armenia for a two-day visit, accompanied by uh, Representatives Jackie Speer, Anna Eshu, and Frank Pallone. Although the visit followed Azerbaijan's attack on Armenia's territory, it was uh, a visit that was planned in advance of that. In Yerevan, the delegation met with Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan, the Speaker of Armenia's Parliament, Alan Simonian, and civil society members in a closed-door meeting. Pelosi and her delegation also met Defense Minister Surem Babikian. The meeting was not scheduled beforehand. It was not on her agenda, and it was added at the last minute. In her public speeches, Pelosi stated that the U.S. is ready to support Armenia's democracy and sovereignty against autocracy, and that the delegation was in Armenia to hear what the U.S. could do for the country. Um, uh, Maria, you were uh, in a meeting with her when she was meeting with civil, civil society, society members. And I was uh, non-governmental were, members. Of right, Armenian there was society. eight of us uh, at that meeting. Um, it was a forty-five minute meeting. Uh, it was it was organized in such a way that we were told the questions we were going to be asked and and sort of the direction of the conversation. But uh, when the conversation began, um, you know, all of us who were there really felt the weight of responsibility. Not that the U.S. is going to come and save us, but... Or listen to, to or listen that to group of people in particular. <laughs> uh, necessarily. But, yeah. it, you know, it's an opportunity to get, uh, you know, the third most powerful person in the United States to listen to the grievances we had. And I think that we were successful in conveying the urgency of the situation that we felt, um, and not because we felt, but there's uh, evidence to suggest that Azerbaijan is planning another large-scale offensive against 
the Republic of Armenia. And this was, I think, if we did nothing else, that was the most important thing I felt that we did. And the, you know, the two things that I said there was that what the U.S. could do, because they kept asking, what can we do for you? Uh, for me, the two most important things uh, was sanction Azerbaijan, or at least threaten them with sanctions. And the second thing was to stop waiving Section 907, which they, every U.S. president has done since 2002. And this was a very important thing, to stop aiding uh, Azerbaijan in its military build-up. And then condemning for military aggression. Exactly. Uh, on September 19, on to other news, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, not other news, but on to <laughs> other <laughs> developments, uh, Pashinyan received Alexei Uverchuk, the Deputy Prime Minister of Russia. Uverchuk was in Armenia to participate in the 9th Armenian-Russian Interregional Forum, for which 250 Russian delegates arrived in Armenia uh, to develop ties between the regions of Armenia and Russia. Pashinyan told Overchuk that despite the tension on the border as a result of Azerbaijan's attack, a decision was made not to postpone the measures aimed at the further development of cooperation uh, between the regions of Armenia and Russia. Pashinyan expressed hope that the joint events held in Yerevan will contribute to further expansion of cooperation. They also discussed Russian Armenian cooperation and other issues of mutual interest. On September 22, commenting on the recent attack against Armenia, Mohammed Bahari, the uh, chief of staff of Iran's armed forces, announced that Iran would, uh, would resist attempts to withdraw Armenia's borders. He went on to reiterate that Tehran will not tolerate changes in the borders of the countries of the region and called on Azerbaijan and Armenia to solve their problems through dialogue. Since Azerbaijan's recent attack against Armenia and also since the 2020 Artsakh war, Iranian officials have repeatedly announced that they will not accept, tolerate any changes to its borders with Armenia. And we reported last week uh, how they said that, you know, the, the historical communication routes should not be disrupted. And on September 19, Armenia and Iran signed a memorandum of understanding on cooperation um, in the field of demining in order to develop cooperation between the two countries. On September 21, one week after the ceasefire that stopped the hostilities, at least for now, Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, again threatened Armenia. During a visit to Lachin, Aliyev warned Armenia not to provoke Azerbaijan, otherwise, quote, they would respond as necessary. Aliyev warned Armenia to think carefully as no one can speak to them with ultimatums and that Armenia should not count on anyone. He added that Azerbaijan has shown to the world, to the whole world, what it is capable of. Aliyev also stated that when, quote, Armenia provoked them once again on September 13, they put quote, the enemy in its place, adding that he hoped that this would be a good lesson for Armenia. The Azerbaijani leader claimed that Armenia does not want peace and that it is delaying the border demarcation process, uh, adding that Azerbaijan possesses 20th century maps and also maps dating before that, according to which the delimitation and demarcation process should take place. He also blamed Armenia for not taking steps to open the so-called Zangezur corridor. Of course, he didn't say so-called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for not withdrawing its armed forces from Artsakh, Armenia has announced several times that Armenian troops have left Nagorno-Karabakh, though it, the message doesn't seem to be going through. Yeah. Well, on the backdrop of Aliyev's threatening uh, remarks, Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehun Bayramov, announced during the UN General Assembly meeting that Azerbaijan is ready to move forward with the peace treaty between the two countries, quote, despite recent clashes. And we have this week 
you know, we worked really hard. And we have a lot of articles on our website, one in particular that deals with the comments that uh, Aliyev has been making for the past decade, uh, you know, preparing his own uh, sort of domestic audience for an attack not only against Artsakh, but also against Armenia as well. And just reading some of the remarks, it's really incredible that he gets away with saying some of the things that he says, claiming not only uh, Artsakh, but also... You know, Yerevan. <laughs> Yerevan, Lake Sevan, all of Sunik. Um, it, uh, so this is what this is the reality mm. in which we have to uh, live and operate in. And speaking of working hard, we also have the live updates because <laughs> I feel like we didn't speak enough about Pelosi's uh, uh, visit to Armenia and a lot of things. They're all in our uh, updated li- our article. You might have to scroll down a little bit because <laughs> there are a lot of updates, but still. Well, uh, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan is in New York and is participating in the 77th session of the UN General Assembly. Last night, he delivered a speech at the UN headquarters. He focused on Azerbaijan's unprovoked aggression against the sovereign territory of Armenia and its overall impact on the stability in the South Caucasus. In his speech, Pashinyan also declared that there is viable information suggesting Azerbaijan intends to occupy more territories uh, of Armenia, which he said needs to be prevented. The Prime Minister also noted that another factor for further escalation can be the inappropriate reaction to the situation by regional security organizations, which according to him has already raised very hard questions among Armenian society. And according to Pashinyan, there is no tangible progress in the Armenia-Azerbaijan talks or any uh, of the main, on any of the main issues, or maybe fronts. This, he, he meant the peace treaty between Armenia and Azerbaijan border delimitation and demarcation processes, the regional communication routes opening up all these discussions, because Azerbaijan is using all those topics, according to Pashinyan, for territorial claims against Armenia. Commenting on the peace treaty, Pashinyan said that even though both sides have declared willingness to work in that direction, Azerbaijan at the same time is publicly declaring that the entire south and east of Armenia and even the capital of Yerevan is Azerbaijani. In this regard, Pashinyan asked Aliyev to show the map of Armenia that he recognizes or is ready to recognize as the Republic of Armenia. This is in case uh, it emerges that from the point of view of official Azerbaijan, only half of Armenia, even less, is the Republic of Armenia. According to Pashinyan, if Azerbaijan would recognize the territorial integrity of Armenia, not theoretically, but concretely, the internationally recognized territory of 29,800 square kilometers, it would mean that the two countries can mutually recognize each other's territorial integrity. Otherwise, according to Pashinyan, there will be a, quote, phantom peace treaty, and Azerbaijan will use the border delimitation process for new territorial claims and occupation. And commenting on the opening of regional transport communication links, Pashinyan noted that the government of Armenia already adopted a draft bill that uh, envisions opening three checkpoints on the border with Azerbaijan through which citizens and goods from Azerbaijan would be able to using the existing roads in Armenia to commute from Azerbaijan proper to its exclave, Nakhichevan. Yeah, he spoke at length about this issue, um, but I do want to speak about, um, you know, how when he touched upon the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, he said that one of the crucial factors of regional stability is the comprehensive settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, where the rights and the security of the Armenians living in Artsakh will be addressed and guaranteed. 
He also for asked for international support for the rights of the people of Artsakh, and again a little bit about the corridors, mm -hmm. saying that there's no mention of a corridor in the November 9th statement, other than the Lachin corridor. And again, Azerbaijan is using this corridor terminology as an excuse. Sure. Uh, so, uh, and one of the key points uh, Pashinyan made during his speech at the UN was that um, Armenia is ready to receive an international observation mission uh, at the Armenia-Azerbaijani border areas. In his concluding remarks, uh, Pashinyan said that the target of Azerbaijani attacks isn't only the independent sovereignty and territorial integrity of Armenia, but also its democracy, announcing Armenia's determination to defend its democracy, independent sovereignty, and territorial integrity by all means. Pashinyan emphasized that diplomatic solutions are an absolute priority for Armenia and the full engagement and support of the international community is crucial. While in New York, Pashinyan also met with NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Pashinyan, and the NATO Secretary Generals discussed the situation following the Azerbaijani attack. The Secretary General of NATO noted that he is extremely concerned about the events that took place in the uh, Armenian Azerbaijan on the Armenian Azerbaijani border. Stoltenberg emphasized the need for the settlement of regional problems through negotiations and with the support of uh, international partners. The sides exchanged views on various issues of mutual interest. Pashinyan thanked Blinken for his personal efforts to support the negotiation process and dialogue between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Blinken emphasized the willingness of the U.S. to continue its efforts aimed at negotiations and the peace process, emphasizing the need for a comprehensive long-term settlement of the conflict, including for the people of Nagorno-Karabakh. Within the framework of his visit, Pashinyan also met Ibrahim Raisi, the president of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Raisi noted that Iran is uh, attentively following the developments and added that all issues in the region should be solved exclusively peacefully. Uh, according to Iran's president, Tehran's position regarding the territorial integrity of state and the inadmissibility of border changes in the region is clear, and Iran's link with Armenia should not be jeopardized. He stressed that his country is ready to support the establishment of peace in the region, adding that Armenia's security is important for Iran. Armenia's foreign minister, Arat Mirzoyan, is also in New York, participating in the UN General Assembly session on September 19. Uh, Secretary Antony Blinken facilitated a meeting between Mirzoyan and Azerbaijan's Foreign Minister Jehun Bayramov. During that meeting, Mirzoyan underscored that the armed forces of Azerbaijan must be withdrawn from the sovereign territory of Armenia, the use of force or the threat of force is unacceptable, and international mechanisms must be introduced to prevent further escalations. Armenia's uh, Foreign Minister highlighted the importance of the immediate resolution of humanitarian issues, including the repatriation of prisoners of war. Minister Mizran reiterated the readiness of our, the Armenian side to be involved in the processes of comprehensive normalization of relations. Secretary Blinken also tweeted that he conveyed during the meeting that it was time for troops to disengage and diplomats to return to the table. No further details are known about the meeting. While in New York, Mirzoyan also met several of his international counterparts and other officials from different organizations. While in New York, Mirzoyan also met with uh, several of his counterparts and other officials from different organizations. He met the foreign ministers of Kosovo, Serbia, and a dozen other foreign ministers from Europe, as well as other parts of the world, and exchanged words, a few words with U.S. President 
Joe Biden during the reception organized by the U.S. President in honor of the delegations participating in the U.N. General Assembly. Uh, the foreign ministers of Armenia, Cyprus, and Greece also held a trilateral meeting on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly in New York. During the meeting, security issues related to the South Caucasus and the Eastern Mediterranean were discussed. The foreign ministers of Cyprus and Greece expressed their solidarity and support to the Armenian people. The foreign ministers also expressed readiness to continue active contacts within the trilateral format in order to bring it to a qualitatively new level and expand the scope of cooperation. Mirzoyan also met with the President of the International Committee of the Red Cross, President of the International Crisis Group, the Special Advisor to the UN Secretary General on Genocide Prevention, the Secretary General of the Council of Europe, and uh, with U.S. Administrator Sam- uh, Samantha Power, and the Secretary General of the OSC, Helga Schmidt. Also in New York, on September 20, Georgia's Foreign Minister Ilya Darciashvili announced that Georgia is ready to act as a mediator between Armenia and Azerbaijan. He added that Tbilisi has no preconditions. Its aim is to achieve peace and stability in the region. On September 19, Armenia's representative on international legal issues published the follow-up letter submitted to the International Court of Justice, the ICJ, on September 17, about Azerbaijan's continuing violations of the court's order, indicating provisional measures on uh, back on December 7, 2021, in the framework of the case concerning the International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination. This is the Armenia versus Azerbaijan case. In the letter, the Armenian side presents further graphic evidence of Azerbaijan's abuse of Armenian prisoners of war and desecration of fallen Armenian soldiers, including information about the Armenian prisoner of war David Kishian, who was tortured and murdered in Azerbaijan in Azerbaijani custody. The letter also shows further illustrative examples of the pervasive anti-Armenian hate rhetoric and reiterates its urgent request that the court modify its order. And yesterday, Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan told reporters during the General Assembly that he might meet Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan during the European Political Community Summit in Prague. Um, that's scheduled for this October. He stated that Turkey has projects for the Caucasus, and if he and Pashinyan happen to be in Prague, they might discuss those projects. Erdogan added that he will discuss these issues with his, quote, brother Ilham Aliyev. In response to Erdogan's remarks, Vahan Hunanyan, the Speaker of Armenia's Foreign Ministry, stated that a meeting between uh, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and President Rajiv Tayyip Erdogan within the event in Prague is not excluded, adding that such a meeting is not confirmed at this point either. On September 21, Armenia marked Independence Day, 31 years of independence. The celebratory events for the day were canceled or postponed. However, in the morning, Prime Minister Pashinyan and other government officials visited the Yeraplur Military Cemetery. While this did not go uh, as planned, a group of parents and relatives of soldiers killed during the 2020 Artsakh War had spent the night at Yeraplur to prevent Pashinyan from you know, approaching the cemetery before the arrival of uh, the government officials. Police officers forcefully detained around 40 parents and relatives. The videos were hard to watch. I couldn't and they watch were live, them, to be honest. Yes. Uh, they were dragging away mothers, you know, four or five police officers dragging them away. Um, there should have been another way to handle the situation. situation. Well, over 30 civil society representatives condemned the action of the police, demanding police chief Vahe Ghazarian's resignation. The next day, on September 22, the police announced that in connection with the actions of the police in the military cemetery on September 
21, an official investigation has been conducted in the Internal Security Department of the Police Force in the Internal Security Department. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think this is something that we definitely need to follow up with because, um, you know, as you said, Rubina, those videos were difficult to watch. And um, well, there was an, also an announce- announcement from the Ombudsman's of- office, office also well. demanding mm-hmm. explanation and uh, We'll see what happens. Yesterday, the former presidents of Armenia and Artsakh, Levon Derbedrosyan, uh, Serge Sarkisyan, Robert Kocharyan, these are the former presidents of Armenia, and Bako Sahagyan and Arkady Hugasyan, the former presidents of Artsakh, met at the Holy See of Echmiadzin. The meeting was facilitated by Catholicos Garagin II. According to a statement issued by the Holy See, the current situation in the country was discussed and the parties decided to continue meetings. But again, there's no information um the content of the conversation and um, what the, uh, I mean... The and, object- and also this whole uh, Levon Derbedrosian configuration is kind of... Interesting. Interesting. Well, on September 19, Artsakh's president, Darek Hartunian, addressed the concerns of citizens of Artsakh. This was an online address who were asked to send in questions in advance. The concerns were connected to Pashinyan's statements in parliament on September 14 that he could sign a painful peace treaty with Azerbaijan if it ensured Armenia's security and territorial integrity. Harutunian reassured the citizens of Artsakh that during discussions with authorities in Yerevan, they have made reassurances that they will not accept any solution that will go against the interests of the people of Artsakh. Harutunian also stated that the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict can only be solved through the right to self-determination, at the same time noting that the authorities in Artsakh are open to engage in negotiations with Azerbaijan to solve security, humanitarian, and infrastructure issues. According to Harutunian, under the circumstances of the fragile world order and regional instability, no one can give Artsakh long-term security guarantees. He added that the Russian peacekeeping mission has endured some cracks, given Russia's preoccupation elsewhere, and Azerbaijan is uh, taking advantage of that. Despite the challenges, Russia continues to ensure security for Artsakh, and we are hopeful that it will be possible to increase the effectiveness of the peacekeeping mission and ensure its indefinite presence in Artsakh, Artsakh stated, adding that considering the mentioned challenges, the authorities in Artsakh have spared no effort and will not spare any effort to, to modernize its own defense system within the limits of their, their capabilities and adapt it to the challenges that Artsakh faces. And more on Artsakh, Foreign Affairs Minister David Babayan is in the United States on an official visit. During uh, his visit there, Babayan uh, has met uh, with a number of U.S. Congress uh, men and women and senators, including the, uh, the head of the Congressional Caucus on Armenia, Frank Pallone. During the meetings, issues related to Artsakh's foreign policy and social and economic issues were discussed. Uh, the Surmal Market building, uh, which was severely damaged during the August 14 blast, partially collapsed due to heavy winds, leaving three people injured this week. As a reminder, a deadly blast at the Surmal Market in Yerevan caused by highly explosive substances stored at the warehouse left 16 people dead and around 60 injured. Yesterday, the government adopted a compensation package for the victims of the explosion. Those who stayed in hospitals were received 150,000 drums as compensations. Those who were hospitalized for more than three days will receive 300,000 drums. The families of those killed as a result of the blast will receive 3 million drums in compensation. Questions uh, are being raised, Rubina, why they didn't demolish that building that was a threat to human life. Yeah, uh, And that's been, again, 
among every other thing that we've been discussing that has also been sort of in the public discourse. On September 19, Anna Vartabedian assumed office as Armenia's first female prosecutor general. Her predecessor, Artur Davitian's term expired on September 16. After she took on her role as prosecutor general, several officials from her office were dismissed, including the prosecutor general's advisor, Gor Abrahamian, and military prosecutor, Vahe Harutyunyan. And today, former Prime Minister Dikran Avinyan was appointed as Deputy Mayor of Yerevan. He will be the ruling civil contract party's mayoral candidate for the Yerevan municipality elections next year. This was announced some time ago. We knew this for more than half a, mm-hmm. half a year. and It happened today. Yeah. And with uh, everything else, there is a new influx of Russians and Russian-Armenians coming to Armenia from Russia after Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, announced a partial mobilization this week. Moscow Yerevan ticket prices have skyrocketed, reaching, I mean, I saw some figures, Rubina, like 8,000, 10,000, 11,000 US dollars. Um, and there are huge lines on the Russian-Georgian border as they're trying to cross the Lars checkpoint to get to Georgia and from there to Armenia. Um, and, you know, here we go, rent prices in, in, in not only in Yerevan, all across uh, the, the cities of Armenia are, are set to also skyrocket because there's going to be a huge demand now. Uh, Rafael Grossi, the Director General of the International Atomic Energy and Agency, will visit Armenia in October. No further details are known about his visit at this stage, but we thought it was interesting and worthy of mention in sure, the news. and we'll look forward to his visit. So... Th- Intense week. Uh, Thank you for your patience in listening to this uh, long podcast, but there is a lot of things to cover and we still feel we haven't covered them enough. And as I said, um, if you do want more information, I would really uh, recommend you go to our website. We have, aside from the daily updates that you were talking about, Rubina, we have a lot of articles looking at the situation um, that's taking place in Armenia. When there is, and hopefully there won't be, more breaking news, we will switch again into uh, you know live updates. But for now, we'll return to our regular style of reporting. So thank you. Have a good weekend, a peaceful weekend, and we hope to see you and talk to you again next Friday.